Hey, could you do me a favor before we start? Would you mind signing up for the Pop Punk and Pizza podcast mailing list? Really? Yes! Thank you so much! Okay, the link to sign up is poppunkpizzapod.com forward slash mailing list. Yeah, yeah, poppunkpizzapod.com forward slash mailing list. Yep, you got it. Did it work? Awesome! Now you'll be notified every time a new episode drops, upcoming contests, news about the podcast, and more. Great, right? Yeah, thanks so much for signing up. Now let's get the show started. I'm going out, I gotta go, I'll bang a ring on the radio, so turn it up, I'm telling you, I think I'm ready for something new. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya, hey, come in and have a slice of pizza, hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya, hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. You're listening to Pop Punk and Pizza with Jacques Lamour. Aloha! Welcome! I am really, really pumped about today's episode, and I'm pretty sure there's a good chance that you are too. We're uh, changing things up a little bit. Instead of hearing a conversation I had with a pop-punk band, we're going to be listening to a chat I had with a pop-punk label called Lost Music Collective. Now, they're, they're relatively new, and you may have heard about the label or... Maybe you haven't, but uh, I have a I've had a few bands actually of of theirs on the podcast recently. Goalkeeper, Friend Circle, Home Truths, and there's been some others as well. And whether you know a lot about the label or not, this is really a great episode to learn more about the names behind Lost Music Collective and and what their mission is as a record label. So Lost Music Collective is run by Eric Dro- Drogmiller, excuse me, and Vinny Fiorello. Now, both Eric and Vinny were kind enough to join me on the podcast to dive deep into music business talk, record labels, management, the current state of the pop punk scene, and why they wanted to be a bigger part in it. So whether you're in a band or you're just a music fan, I think you'll find this conversation very fascinating. So let's go ahead and say hello to Eric Drogmiller and Vinny Fiorello of Lost Music Collective. Awesome. Yeah, man. We got everybody here. Can you hear me? Yep. Yep. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for doing this, guys. Uh yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, of course. Um so so Eric, I I have to apologize. I have no idea how to say your last name. <laughs> oh man. I uh like when I was growing up, people were like my teacher was like Dragon Slayer. Uh I got picked <laughs> on. People were like drug dealer growing up, but uh it's actually pronounced Drogue Miller. Like a lot of people are like Drogue Moeller, but it's yeah. actually the O E is Miller, so Drogue Miller. Drogue Miller. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I never would have gotten the the Miller part ever. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot wild. Of, yeah. You're not definitely not the first one. A lot of people like butcher it, but I don't know. I just get used to it. Like my wife, like she was so stoked to have my last name. Her last name was Jordan, and I was like, really? <laughs> you really are stoked to have this? Like. 
weird German last name, but uh, yeah, she loves it. I was gonna say it sounds very German. Oh yeah. <laughs> and and Vinny, I would your last name is Italian, right? Hey, Paisan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> like I I always just assume I was like, okay, his last name is Italian. I don't I don't think I don't think uh, I ever assumed anything else. So <laughs> yeah, man, I, <laughs> pretty self-explanatory. I, I, I'd be hard pressed to not be Italian with with my full name Vincenzo Fiorella. <laughs> That's is that what's on your birth certificate? Oh yeah, I did not know that. Vincenzo Fiorello. Damn. <laughs> and what's even better is like you're an artist, like <laughs> artist. The artist is also known as Vincenzo Philip Fiorello. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's that's what makes it like it was like you were set up. It's like yeah. <laughs> it's like this is your name. You are going to be an artist. There's no question about it. But I no, want to do this. You're, you're in. You're Italian. You're in. I was going to say, it's just like an automatic given. What's an automatic given for Germans? I don't know. Oh, man. Uh, What's for, the for stereotype? Name? Yeah. Oh, that we love sauerkraut. That's I true. Guess. Do you and like sauerkraut? Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and later hosens and beer steins and all that stuff. <laughs> I was going to say pretzels. Pretzels are a big yeah, thing. Yeah, pretzels too. That pretzels. Yeah. See, I love pretzels, so give. I'm, I'm like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So give me all the pretzels, for sure. Um, so it's 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 great to finally have you two on the podcast to talk about Lost Music Collective because a lot of your artists have been on the podcast recently, and uh, let's talk about the origin story of uh, Lost Music Collective. How did you two meet? Oh wow. I, I, I could go with a short version, right? So <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's up to you because I got time. You know, uh, here, here's the thing that uh, I had originally uh, met Eric because I'm on his list uh, for uh, labels. So at, when he's representing other bands, he's looking for labels. So I'd be on a like a kind of like a. Uh, uh, mass email of labels and reps and things like that. So it'd be like, Hey, this is Eric. And I'm representing so-and-so and here's the brief information about the band. And here's a link to their SoundCloud or, or Spotify or whatever. And sometimes I'd be interested in, I would hit uh, him and is Mark still your partner or no? No, no. Okay. So he had a, uh, for a hot second had a partner Mark and I would go, Oh, I kind of like this band or, Hey, we should talk about it. And sometimes we would link up and kind of talk and it, it fell through, but I had thought about after I stopped touring, I thought, you know what? I really want to do another label, but with a focus on modern pop punk and you can't really retroactively go back into like a paper and plastic and, and try to change the vibe. Right. Uh, and I've I've been accused before of trying to do too much inside the umbrella of paper and plastic, mm-hmm. uh, or even a band from like Hellmouth or From Hell mixed with you know a, a straight like pop punk band or no idea band or orgcore band, and it it very rarely works. So uh, I really wanted to you know do a label of a music genre that I really loved and. Uh, Automatically, I thought of Eric because 
I would get these emails and he would be actively looking for young bands and more so than I could ever be ingrained. Like he was already ingrained. It was a perfect, in my brain, a perfect match. I think he thought I was a lunatic. He could speak for himself, but like, when I was like, I kind of want to do label, but I think that you're the guy that I, I, I want to do it with, you know? And uh, it took, it took a few conversations to kind of like, okay, we're going to, we're going to do it. Like, and it's, it's going to be this. Yeah. All right. So let's hear Eric's side. I've known Vinny a little bit further than that. Like before I, cause I, I was actually a day-to-day booking agent at FEDA booking before this. And then after I left FEDA, <laughs> I, I helped this one ska band from my hometown in Rochester, New York called Miss Scanato. And uh, one of their first tours I actually helped land them was actually, I believe it was Les and Jake's 20th anniversary tour. Yeah, with like Real Big Fish and I believe a Wilhelm Scream and Mad Caddies. So that was kind of like the introduction of us kind of meeting each other. But uh, yeah, throughout the years, like I would, you know, I kept on sending, you know, Vinny bands for uh, for paper and plastic. And then uh, it was strange because I remember I was at the grocery store and I checked my emails. I'm like, Oh, Vinny wants to hit me up. Uh, maybe he's interested in one of my bands. And then, you know, come to find out he wanted to start a record label and I just jumped all over it. And that was like January of 2019. Yeah. That's not, that's almost a year ago. Wow. And almost two years. Yeah. yeah. Oh, two years. That, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> my bad. Yeah. Two years. This, we're going to forget about this year anyway. So, right. Yeah. We're just going to skip a year. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so it was in January of 2019 that you guys started to get the ball rolling on this. Now, um, Eric, you didn't think that Vinny was crazy because of like all the other things he has going on with like paper and plastic and all that. I mean, no, no, I, I like the way he laid it out was like, listen, like, cause you know, obviously he he mentioned that paper and plastic is still going to be a thing, but like we wanted to, you know, kind of position ourselves with, you know, pop punk bands because a lot of a lot of uh, smaller bands were kind of getting not tossed to the wayside, but like, you know, labels, other record labels were signing different genre music. So, you know, we kind of wanted to rejuvenate it and start uh you know, a pop punk esque label and then we'll see if it evolves, but that was like our whole intent. And uh, yeah, that's what we did. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. It's just crazy because the, when in my brain, you know, pop punk is a thing that never goes out of style. Right. Yes. Uh, And, uh, but for a lot of the mid sized labels to large independent labels, all of a sudden it was, we want to sign rock bands and we want to sign metalcore bands. And when we started to talk about it, we felt like there was a need for another label that was specifically going after, you know, pop punk bands that were getting pushed to the side and not getting the, the real look at, you know, where, you know, most labels were like, we want something a little bit softer or a bit harder and a bit more rock. And we wanted a fucking good catchy pop punk band and uh you know other labels weren't weren't putting the time and the effort in on those bands so we thought it was a perfect way as an entry to to do the label 
You know, it, I never really put thought into that. I don't know why it never really occurred to me until you guys are, are bringing that up now. But now that I think about it and think about those mid-sized labels you're talking about, yeah, I, I they're, not, they're not signing pop-punk bands right now. Do you think that's because they're trying to, you know, climb up the ladder to the mainstream? I mean, what is your... What is your take on that? Why do you think that is? Uh, Eric, you want to you Yeah, want I mean, to... <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I, I had a band. I'm not going to mention their name, but they were they were from Texas. And uh, I got them a label showcase with a, one of the, the major indies out in uh, California when they were on tour. And basically, like, that label, which I'm not going to name, uh, was flat out said like I will sign you guys but if you wrote pop rock songs and it's kind of like you know the <laughs> I don't I don't know how you would take it I, I guess they took it as like crap like is you know is our stuff even like is it bad or is it just the way things are like a lot of labels are just wanting that you know top 40 radio hit so you know you know they they went and tried and they just weren't happy with it so uh and that was roughly, shoot, uh, the summer of 2018, fall of 2018, right before, you know, Vinny and I linked up. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think everyone's trying to chase that wave, uh, whether it's, you know, the Philly explosion with bands like Mano and, uh, you know, everybody else, uh, uh, Balancing Composure and whatnot. And then, you know, Chicago explosion, uh, with like knuckle puck and real friends. Uh, but, uh, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think every label is trying to find that, that safe bet, I guess that's probably my, yeah, my best, uh, answer well, for that. I mean, I, I think that there's when, you know, they don't call it, you know, I, I, I said this before and, I, and if I said it to you in and in an, another interview that we had, it, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but, like it is called the music business, right? So there's a business of music. So people that are going, we have to think about, you know, hedge our bet, you know, and a lot of labels hedge their bet on hardcore and hedge their bet on rock, you know, and, uh, and indie rock. And that that's cool, man, because they're smart and, and they're using their, the, the analytics that they have before them to go, this is what's selling. This is what kids are, are, are buying and streaming and, and feeling and supporting. But to be honest, like, again, I'll go back to the original statement to me, pop punk never goes out of style. There's always room for pop punk. There's always room for that melodic, uh, upbeat, energetic, posy sort of songwriting. And, uh, it's, it's why we started lost. It's why we continue to push in that direction. And, and frankly, man, it's like, uh, you know, analytics be damned, right? That that next wave of pop punk will always come because it yes. always has. Yeah, that's that's for sure. I mean, it's I feel like I guess you could do that with almost any genre, right? Every genre has its waves. But I mean, yeah, pop punk has, has proven itself so for so many years now that it it always has a wave and and I feel like for the the past I don't know how many years now there hasn't there hasn't been enough like support to get a band 
to help get a new wave going. It's just kind of like the recycle of all the bands that are that have been established in the scene already. You know th- that last well, that last one that last wave was Real Friends, uh, Knucklepuck, Neck Deep. That yes. was that was the wave, and then you see some of it rise, others kind of flounder in there. But there's whenever a, a genre like that, as big as it is, it recedes. It's only a matter of time before it comes back stronger than ever, a little bit different, a little bit, you know, uh, weirder, faster, slower, more complex, more simple. Who knows what is down the road, but it always comes back. There's no doubt. Yeah. So you, so you guys just kind of like are seeing that and you're like, oh, we got to we got to jump on this and when, see what we can do. When, when you leave when you leave something on the table, right? Like you, you shouldn't be surprised if someone's going to pick up what's left on the table, right? Like, and it's the same idea, man. It's like you have all these super talented bands writing great songs, working hard, being smart, right? Uh, gathering the, you know, on tour when there was touring, but gaining support and gaining fans. Uh, and you didn't have other labels, scooping it up, man. Like they were, they were in essence just leaving these ultra valuable pieces of whatever, whatever you want to call it on the table. Right. And it just, it's just to me was, why is this happening? This shouldn't happen. This, we should do this and have these bands, you know, and, and bring them along and work with them and bestow our knowledge of the music industry on some of those smaller bands, you know? And I think that doing it, we set it out to be as nimble as possible. Like we're just doing our first vinyl release now. And it's a, it's a, a comp of, of eight bands on the label, right? Through the singles we did during quarantine. Uh, but for us, we wanted to be digital. We wanted to be nimble. We wanted to build the roster and be very specific and be very, uh, have a schedule that was, going through in a consistent release schedule to build a label up in a short, short period of time. And like seeing the list of the bands that you guys have so far, I'm thoroughly impressed. Um, I was like, man, that band's on with them too. And that one and that one. And you know, these are, these are all bands that I've, I've either, you know, I've talked to or I've just, like known about maybe haven't actually talked to yet and i'm just kind of like okay uh, you know eric and Vinny aren't fooling around yeah you know go ahead Eric. no i was i was gonna say i I appreciate it i mean i i think we pride ourselves in, in finding you know the right bands uh you know within this scene like uh we've gotten a bunch of different demos and you know sometimes like it's not going to work out with it but uh you know, we definitely do our homework and kind of see uh, what which bands have been growing over the months. And then, uh, you know, when it's time to, you know, to approach them, we go ahead and reach out. Dude, you know what? Eric's Eric's great for that. You know, it's like it's it's eyes and ears and boots on the ground. I mean, dude, you know, does his homework, brings, you know, a. a a good amount of bands and we talk about, and you know, the ones that we have a connection with, those are the ones that we work with. There's other ones that, you know, I won't say got away, but 
let's use that, you know, that you just didn't personally jive with, or maybe they had different headspace of what we wanted to provide or can provide. And that's, that's cool too, right? Like, I'm not saying that we have to be hoarders of pop punk, right? Like every <laughs> pop punk band, we're going to hoard them. Like, I'm saying that. I'm yeah. saying, like, you know, there, there's, uh, Eric's great at finding bands and then collectively, uh, between myself and him, we're good at going, these are the bands that work hard, that want to work with us, that are smart, that we have a connection to. We should we should move forward with that, you know? And maybe so far, one or two times are, we should have listened to our gut and we didn't, you know? But like, other than that, our intuition's been uh, pretty pretty spot on, man, with with people that we want to work with and, and do work with and do work with well. Yeah. I feel like your gut just, you just always know it. You always know when it's going to backfire and when you don't <laughs> listen to your gut and the thing happens, you're like, damn it. Like, why didn't I listen? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I can, I can be the first one to say like Vinny's pretty, pretty spot on with it. Uh, twice he he said it i'm not going to mention who but he was no, just like of yeah. course yeah it's like i told you and i was like oh, you're right you're right none of our bands that we have right now are like just that has nothing to do with that but like other bands we were looking at in the past he was like yeah i told you like right after a call i was like nah it's not gonna work but and dude, yeah, it, right. it, it's weird man because you feel you feel it man and like i think that between myself and and eric we have a a, a really good work ethic and and we have a plan for what the label is and for what the bands that are are trusting us to help right and there's just some there's just some times where you go dude they, they want something completely different than what we can provide right mm-hmm. like they want more of a traditional label and their staff and 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 sometimes bands don't even want a label they want a manager but they're calling it a label you know mm-hmm. they want someone who can help them get tours when touring was right. Get tours, get an agent or do all these things. And they don't really want a label. They want someone who can manage them. And we're not, we're collectively not managers. Eric's a manager, but like collectively lost as in a management company collectively, we're a label that occasionally acts like a management company. (laughs) Yeah. So, so talking about that, let, let's get into that some more. What exactly is Lost Music Collective? What, what are you providing bands? How are you operating as a label? And and how does how how are you different from from other labels or like the traditional labels Dude, of of I'm, yesterday? Well, I'll be honest with you, a label's a label, man. Like, so there's not really like a. a Oh, what's what's the difference between you and this? Well, you, besides, you know, what a traditional label would provide, which is a lot of, again, uh, uh, management things, you know? And while we do that with some bands, we don't act as managers together, right? But like, for me, I think that what makes loss different from everything else is the amount of collective experience that we have. We couldn't be X label because X label hasn't spent 29 years, you know, playing in a band, right. Hasn't spent, you know, 20, 22 years in the music industry, you know, hasn't started a label, hasn't, you know, 
took that label to whatever, hasn't broke bands, whatever the case is, I think it's the collective experience between both of us that differentiates lost to somebody else. Just like their reality of X label is completely different to what it is, you know, to what lost is. So I think that's the, the, the main difference is just that we we've had that experience of being a touring artist and being an artist manager and being a, uh, a rep for a uh, agency, you know, and go down. So each between both of us, we've touched and, done a lot of things in the music industry and we use that experience and apply it back to our bands. And hopefully we're crafting an experience that will help them be more successful. And, but you never know. It's, it's all about uh, being nimble enough to, to change mid sentence and do something else. You dig what I'm saying? Like, and I think that if you have a, a bigger, more bloated machine that's going, it's harder to do that. Yeah. And also, I mean, we, the similarities we have, I mean, we, we go our distributions through the orchard, which is massive and it helps our bands out a ton. Uh, I mean, we still have budgets for, for recording for our bands. Uh, We've worked with uh, PR agencies as well. So, you know, the infrastructure is there set in place, but like Finney was saying, like with our experience and uh, our hands-on approach with our projects, I mean, we do, uh, like lost zoom calls with all our bands, um, like all together on one call, like maybe, you know, it used to be more frequent, but now with, you know, some people are, you know, have their jobs, uh, thankfully. Um, so it's a little bit tougher, but we do it at least like twice a month or so and kind of just go over, you know, shoot the shit and kind of go over what our plans are going to be. You know, obviously one of our last two or three calls we're just discussing about the vinyl and getting that, you know, situated. And then we had ideas for other stuff, uh, for the bundle, but, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's like own little family network. And, you know, I'm happy that our bands are friends with other bands on our label and they help each other out a ton. So, uh, yeah, it's a cool little family. Yeah. It, it's really cool to see, uh, everyone interacting, with each other the the bands that are on lost music collective they're all very much for each other um and it and it really goes to show again i feel like that you did that you have chosen the right bands because obviously the bands that support each other like that are are the ones you want not the ones that get all you know competitive and and see things in a different light they're all about just helping each other out um so it, it sounds like Lost Music Collective is is more it's more about applying just applying your experience. It's not about offering like all these tools and and things. It's more like just applying Vinny's experience and Eric's experience and just kind of like putting everyone's heads together and working it out, right? I agree, yeah. agree on that. I mean, but like Eric said, we offer like I said at the beginning of it, a label's a label is a label is a label, right? You, you know, you have digital distribution, you have physical distribution, you hire on PR firms, you do everything in the market, you, you know, craft social media plans, you do all of those things. It's all very similar, right? And if that's the base of what a label is, then that's a base of what label is. The thing that makes it different each label 
is the collective experience that you're bringing to the party, right? A, a, a label's the same thing, man. Like it, it's, you have budgets that go on the recording. You try to guide the bands in the right, whether it's starting at songwriting, producers, art, everything that's down the line. It's all in the same world between labels, but what makes it different and what makes it unique is what the people that are running it their, their experience and the collective experience that you're bringing into that label, right? And I think that's what makes Lost a very, very unique thing because between both of us, we have had a lot of hands-on experience being an artist and being on the other label side, being an agent, being, you know, on the PR side of things. It's uh, we've wore many hats between both of us. And I think that's that's the unique thing for Lost. Yeah, and I, I can feel that even from the, the first moment I saw the name. I think it was uh, when the sun sets. I think it was when they announced that they were going with you guys. And I believe that actually might have been when I first heard about the label. I thought, who's this? I was like, this is interesting. <laughs> and And it just didn't seem like, okay, this is another stuffy you know label like you know whatever it just seemed it seemed something different about it you know it it is it has the name collective in, in the title so right. you you have to have a uh headspace of of family and interconnectivity right and uh it just is in the name man you mm-hmm. know yeah. and i think that the lost part of it was that the feeling that there was a, 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 a blanket genre that people were ignoring at the time, mm-hmm. you know? So you have this lost music genre, but it's the lost music collective. Yeah. I mean, not to beat you over the head. With- no, 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 no. I like, I love, I love the, the concept of it after just, you know, having this conversation with you guys, it, uh, the, the, um, the pieces are just falling into place like, okay, now, you know, this, this is where the name comes from and this is what it's all about. So, and, and this is very important for people to know. And I'm glad that um, we're having this conversation on this podcast is because I know a big majority of the audience here on the podcast are people in pop punk bands. And I'm sure some of them that aren't involved with your label or the bands on your label are wondering like, what we want to know more about lost music collective and then who's behind it and all that. The crazy thing for me, it's that, you know, if we, if we shine the spotlight on what you're doing, right. If you said, I'm just going to focus on org core, you know, like that, like sort of Lawrence arms, pop punk, you know, that, that like gene pool of things, right. Mm -hmm. That could be really like turning a blind eye to, other genres that share the DNA, right? And it, you'd be missing something, not only viewership or listenership or, or whatever, but I think that if you're calling yourself, you know, what you're calling yourself, right? Like with pop punk in the name, like you want very, you know, you want various flavors of pop punk. You want everything in between, right? Like, and I think that, like at a certain point, you're you're not trying to be like, well, you know, it's called pop punk, and I'm only focusing on bands that sound like Screeching Weasel or or the Ramones core bands, right? You're 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 looking at a, a bigger field of vision, and I think that's what 
ultimately, like for us, we wanted to go, yeah, you know, we, we want pop punk, but we want a, a gigantic, you know, blanket umbrella of what could be that. Right. But I, I think that ultimately, like after, after doing it for the uh, short amount of time that we've been doing it. Right. I, I think that people are starting to go, Oh yeah. Pop punk, especially with the quarantine and COVID where people want something a little bit more upbeat and a little bit more vibe. And uh, you, I, I start to see people turn the corner. So is that the start of another wave of pop punk? Maybe, I don't know, but like, it could be any pop punk again. Like I said, there's a twist on it. I don't know the twist, but it's coming. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's so everyone has their own idea of what pop punk is. You know, you, you, Ask one person, they'll say Green Day. You ask another person, they'll say Real Friends. I mean, yeah. and then, you know, the list goes on, <laughs> goes on from there. What do you think pop punk is? If I... <laughs> you know, I've learned after doing this podcast for four years, my mind has really opened up to what pop punk is. Um, I, I really w was always kind of narrow minded when it came to pop punk, but now after just meeting so many different uh, artists over the years and, and talking about what bands they're into. It's just like pop punk is just like a collectiveness of almost any band that shows a influence of, of punk rock. I feel like, I mean, it just, it, there's so many, there's so many variations of pop punk that you can't like, you can't exclude anyone that doesn't, sound like blink 182 or yeah. anything like that you just can't say well they don't sound like blink so that's not pop punk you know it's just you know they don't sound like green day so we can't do it like we can't like <laughs> yeah right and what's funny is like i noticed when i talk to um i i don't know if it's people that are a little younger than me but when i tell them you know oh i'm big into pop punk i'm a huge green day fan well a lot of them consider Green Day to be a punk band and not a pop punk band. But like when I was growing up, I was just always told that they were a pop punk band. And so it just, that's what I mean. Everyone's got a different eye, on I mean, a diff different ear. You know, For me, I always thought, you know, going back, it would be uh, the hooks of pop music with the energy of punk music. If that could fall into you know, if a band could fall into that category, then that's pop punk for me, you know, it's yeah. like, and sometimes those hooks, pop hooks, you know, they're pop hooks and, and huge. And sometimes they dwarf that energy side of, of the punk rock side of it. But like you, you could tell, and you can, you know, the, the spirit remains the same going from uh, the jetty boys or, or goalkeeper. The spirit's mm -hmm. the same, man. You know what I mean? Big hooks, but with, with really good energy to it. Yep. I completely agree. Definitely agree on that. Um, Eric, um, I have a question for you. I know you run a management company called Word is Bond. Yeah. And so what what is your approach when it comes to like the management side of things? So, you know, Vinny sort of touched on this a little bit on, you know, well, people really, when they want these things, what they really want is a manager and not a label. And and so many 
um, people have different ideas of what a manager is or does. And wh- where do you fall in line? On I that? mean, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of hats that I wear when it comes to management, whether it's, you know, getting editorials for Spotify playlists, whether it's, you know, getting publications for them for new music, um, you know, pitching to other record labels, uh, <laughs> booking tours whenever that happened or whenever that's going to happen again, um, <laughs> as well as fast. And then, you know, I've done a lot into licensing as well for like TV shows and, um, you know, radio stations as well. But uh, I mean, I, I keep it pretty separate. I mean, we do have some bands that I manage that are on Lost Music Collective, but I mean, you know, there's other bands that previously we did pitch to Lost Music, but we ended up getting them on Word is Bond on different record labels as well. Um, and it wasn't like any bad blood or anything like that. Like I tell all my bands to like, you know, I'll, I'll push you to, you know, X, Y, Z label that you see fit. Um, but you know, if, if you're interested, we could look at possibly going with lost music to put it out as well. So that it's more like, obviously you're hooked in with lost music, but it's not like, Oh, this is my label. So this is the label you're going to be on, even if it's not a good fit. No, I, I, I definitely lay it out there. You know, there's, there's been some bands that they were like, yo, we just want to be, you know, even when we sign up, you know, to be with Word is Bond, like we want to be with Lost Music Collective Collective, because they they see promise with it. But like I just recently signed a band to like Invogue Records. Uh, Cody at Inker 84 has got a couple bands of mine for Word is Bond. Uh, shout out to Cody, too. He's awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's not one of those, uh, you know, you, you go with me, you're going to go with the record label type of thing. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I was just, I was just curious how you did things as a manager and what, even like what your advice is when it comes to management and bands seeking management, because I mean, that's one of the, the age old stories you hear is about all oh, the band got screwed over by the manager. Or they had bad management or that, you know, that's just something you, you've heard, you know, so many times. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, you have to have a realistic, uh, you know, headspace when it comes to that stuff. Like Vinny and I talk all the time about, you know, uh, you know, how some bands like expect the world once they get either, you know, a manager, a booking agent or a record label, and they did, you know, they expect everything to happen for them and just stay on idle, which that can't happen, you know, and I tell my band straight up to be transparent, like, you know, I can uh, do this for you, but you have to put just as much effort into it or else it's just going to fall flat on your face. Um, so to me, I would, you know, you definitely got to be motivated and driven and be passionate about your project. But also, more importantly, you got to write good tunes. Um, you know, I've gotten bands signed to, you know, larger labels when they never even played a show yet. Uh, and it was just solely because the songs were awesome. Um, and then, you know, I've had bands that, you know, toured a bunch but never got that break because they just didn't have, not not to say the talent, but like they didn't, they didn't write the best hooky songs if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah Vinny, you were going to say something i just want to say it's a you know we we had a meeting with a potential band today and i told them in this day and age 
there's no magic wand for a band. A band has to continue to work, right? So that's everything under the sun, writing songs, social media, go down the line. A band has to always work and continue to work because it, if you're a young band and you get a manager or get a label and you just hit that neutral, it's not going to work, man. It's like a manager and a label both are there to enhance what you have as a band. They're not there to, you know, shore up the foundations and build a fucking castle for you, right? They're they're there to enhance what you have. If you have good songs, a, a manager's there to help you progress. A label's there to help you progress, right? The minute that a band thinks that it's expected, success is an expectation just because you're working with a label, a producer, a manager, it's it's already failed. It's already failed. The bands that like, there's bands that we have that are like, when I look, they're primes examples of always working, always being on point, always pushing their band forward. That's Rival Town, that's Goalkeeper. They're constantly working. Like whether it be social media, songs, vibe, connection with fans, whatever it is, they're always working. And that's, the thing we're me and Eric are here to enhance that, to sure up the foundations, to take another step. Like we're, we're here to consult and to Sherpa them into that, but that doesn't mean they have to stop working, right? You have to work. You have to work. Like now if you stop working, there's 10 other bands that will work. Like it, like, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, whatever the vibe, there's a band that's out there working. You have to continue to work. You have to continue to make smart decisions and work with a good team of people. <laughs> I I mean, it's right on point, man. I, uh, I recently saw someone say um, something along the lines of if you are, are talking to someone that is potentially going to be your manager and they are promising you things that you know obviously that that's a no-go but some people don't you know they they see the they see this the stars and and they don't think about that so i just kind of want to touch on you know Dude, touch I, on I, that I, and make sure i talk people out of it like you know, yeah. if i'm sitting there talking to people and go well you're already doing all of this by yourself why do you want us why do you why would you want to work with us why do we have to be on the team with you oh because of oh, we're looking for this and this and this like i i start off with maybe we don't work together because you're doing all this other stuff but ultimately speaking like you know I know the value of what myself and Eric would bring to the party, but I want to hear, yeah, like we're going to do this and we're going to do this and we just need, uh, you know, people on our team to help us sure up the foundations and get us over the finish line and the other places we can't get to. And whether that's licensing, touring, producers, press, playlists, I mean, dude, that's all part of the repertoire. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. And, and, but ultimately you still have to look back at the band and the band still has to continue to write good songs and continue to hone the talent that they have, 
continue to make the connection with new fans. I mean, dude, like these, this is elementary for you being in a band. It's just doesn't end at three chords and a melody line. Like, <laughs> dude, like this is your passion should be bringing everything to the table, dude. Don't bring a pack of matches and expect a bonfire. Got to bring a goddamn thing of gasoline with you, man. Let's fucking light this bitch on fire. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I feel no, like I, I feel like everyone needs to like stand up and applaud Vinny right now. Yeah. It's just like that was just with so much heat in that man. I, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, and, and like to harp on it too. Like I I tell all my bands both Word Is Bond and Lost Music because when it comes to well I do a lot of day to day for Lost, so like I'm constantly constantly every single day talking with them and you know, hearing them out, you know, we tell all our bands too. And I do the same thing for word is bond. Like, you know, there's gotta be transparency with everything, like a small little crack. If you're like un- upset about something and don't say anything and let it fester and it's going to blow up uh, at some point later in the future. So like w- with us, we make sure that, you know, you know, I, I get a lot of bands are like, I'm sorry, man. This is my last question today. I'm like, dude, I don't care. I'd rather you ask me any question you have than let it sit and uh, you're unsure with it. So, you know, we do a good job of communicating. And, you know, if uh, if there is a problem, just address it and then we we'll go from there with it. The, the worst thing you can do is just let it fester and then it just boils over and then nobody's happy with it. Dude, right. Eric, Eric's a great uh, label dad. Like, you know, like, talks to the bands and like i'm i'm like the 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 crotchety grandfather of the label like, you got to see him at holidays and then it's like on. like uh, no but i'm serious like he does a great job in having that that weekly and sometimes daily connection with bands right like mm-hmm. I, I don't have that a lot but that's why we do uh the zoom calls because people want FaceTime with everybody involved. Right. And they, they want to know the other bands that are on the label and, and you want to try to, to, to get and promote that sense of community together. Yeah, definitely. Um, Eric, what, what, uh, what exactly, I know you've done a lot of things in the music industry, but what, what's, what are some of the things you've done um, since, since you've been in the, the start? I'm just, Curious to know oh, more about you. <laughs> oh man! Uh, so I was in a band. You probably can't. Probably you. If you if pre, pure volume's still around, you could probably listen to it. It's terrible. Uh, but at that <laughs> point, uh, it was called Bromine, and Bromine. Uh, just, yeah, which is a terrible it. emo indie rock band, and yeah. we're actually looked at by a major label, and uh, I don't know how. And we had like an awful manager. He like paid for uh, our equipment, like practice room and whatnot. And I was, I think, 18 at that point. And I remember we were about to do uh, like a, some sort of showcase for the, the major label. And uh, um, they kicked out the lead, or lead singer, uh, which was my best friend. At, uh, he still is my best friend. And on his birthday... And I was like, the wow. fuck is this? And I wrote all the music. So I'm like, you know, screw this shit. So I, uh, I quit. And then I turned 19. And for whatever reason, I always uh, wanted to start a record label. So uh, I was like, well, I'm just going to start a record label. And uh, I looked on Pure Volume. 
And I was like, I don't want to work for the band from New York for whatever reason. Uh, but I looked in Massachusetts and I took me 20 minutes and I found uh, a band that had seven plays, but they sounded like motion, motion city soundtrack. And it was four years strong. Um, told them to come down to, uh, to Rochester to play a show. And then follow like maybe like a month later, I signed them. And then uh, a lot of trial and error starting your first record label. Um, wow. Put out their rec- yeah. Uh, it was called Open Your Eyes Records. I uh, put it out, I think, the January of 2006. Uh, put out their record, It's Our Time. Uh, helped manage and book them. And then eventually got on a showcase uh, for I Surrender Records, which they went off and did Rise or Die Trying and the rest is history. Um, yeah. And then... Damn. Uh, do, you know, do you remember I Call... Well, obviously, you did a podcast where i call fives yeah just yesterday uh, yeah i did the same thing with them I put out their record maybe a year or two or 2008 put mm-hmm. out their record it's our time or, or it's our time uh first things first uh under open your eyes records managed book them and then eventually helped them get signed over to uh to no sleep records and that okay. was like 2009 and then i worked at fate of booking as a day-to-day booking agent and then Came back home uh, to my hometown, Rochester, New York. Finished my master's at Full Sail University. And then, uh, yeah, started Word is Bond right after that. Okay, so you've been at Word is Bond for a while then. Uh, Quite a bit. I I had a job offer uh, at Paradigm at one point. This was like a week after I graduated college. Or my, I got, well, my master's. uh, Mm -hmm. And they wanted me to move out west and become. I tell all, all my bands this: uh, the <laughs> assistant to the dude that books for Dave Matthews Band, and I fucking hate Dave Matthews Band <laughs> so much. <laughs> and I, I worked with a bunch of other bands in the past. I was like, I'm not doing this shit anymore. If I don't like it, then I'm just gonna hate myself. So uh, I said, screw it. Uh, my wife at the time was a huge DMB fan, uh-huh. uh, and then she slowly, you know got cooler and started uh no uh <laughs> nah she, i love her no she uh yeah she got over it pretty quickly but uh yeah i uh started word is bond yeah shortly after that actually one of the first bands i picked up was actually from sweden uh do you know abandoned by bears i don't know if i do yeah they uh they kind of oh, wait like, abandoned jumped. wait abandoned by bears is that what you said yeah Okay, yeah, I'm I'm very vaguely like I I mainly just know the name. I don't know if I could think of any songs off the top of my head, but yeah. Okay, yeah, and that kind of just kickstarted everything. Um, You know, going on almost six years with it. Wow, congratulations, man! So, so what happened with Open Your Eyes? You're just kind of like, okay, that's done, or? Um, I I actually was, excuse me, I was moving to. I had a job offer. One was a label out in the West coast. And then I had a job offer, uh, to work at FEDA. And I, at that point I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going for my master's too at the same time. I'm like, I can't do all three at once. So I just stopped doing open your eyes records, but I always thought about doing it again. I told my wife that I was like, you know, that would be like a cool swan song to, to kind of go in the sunset with it. And then when Vinny brought up the idea, I was like, shit, I got to jump on it. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I got, I got to, I got to go with Vinny on this. Yeah. 
Well, I'm glad you did. Um, Vinny, I mean, a lot of people uh, know about you and and a lot of the different things you've done. You've done so many things in in your career. I mean, starting with Less Than Jake and then, you know, um, leading down your path of other, you know, music adventures. Um, So what I want to know, I mean, I know you were involved with Fueled by Ramen and what what was what did you learn was that was the first label that you were a part of or was there one that you no that's the the label that i had started and it started just for uh when less than jake we were touring nine months a year right and we were just coming across opening bands but dude like at the end of the night opening band was great Hey, like you guys want to trade, you know, some shirts and some like, you know, we need a CD or tapes at the time uh, in the van. Like you guys mm-hmm. have that? No, no, we don't. We we haven't gone in the studio yet. We don't. We don't. You know, that, like how are some of you not? You know, it's like Impossibles or Animal Chin, Big Wig, Apocalypse Hoboken. Like coming cross bands, going. What do you have? Oh, you have this demo tape that sounds like better than most punk bands and it's only on tape. Are you going to do it on vinyl? What do you, are you going to put it on CD? What it's going to have? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And, and that's why I started it, you know, just because I, I found these, these bands that, that just needed that leg up, man, you know, and it's Sherpa them let's go, you know, and I was coming off of, uh, I was working well, not even working. I was volunteering at no idea records doing mail order. So VAR is the one who was like, you know, if, if there was a Sherpa for me, it's VAR from no idea. You know, he he just like, dude, there's there's no trying, man. Punk rock is a community that lets you try, sometimes fail, try again, maybe fail again, <laughs> try and then succeed. You know, it's like yeah. no one wrote, no one, you know, had a blueprint on how to put a record out, you know, uh, it was just fuck. Like it was something major labels did for bands that were a thousand times bigger than any other band. Right. But dude, we were coming across all these bands, but it wasn't until later that less than Jake started to gain traction. And then I met my partner, John, who's still, he's, you know, Interscope, president of Interscope. Right. Wow. So okay. like, uh, it just started to blossom. And from that point started to, you know, more success you have as a label or a band or a manager or a podcast. It's a magnetic thing that happens that more people are attracted to it. More more people want to be a part of it. More people want to get a little bit of that shine that just happened. Right. Uh, Whether it happened by accident or whether it happened. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. But they want, they want a little bit of that shine. So, you know, fuel by was just uh, born out of, Wow these bands are great and had some minor success and a little bit more success. And then my partner, John, who, who uh, at the time, even before he became a, a magnet for success in the music industry, dude was just a monster of efficiency, you know? So uh, at a certain point, man, like you just keep on growing. Right. And that's the same thing. Like the, the best case scenario for all of us on this screen right now. And the people watching this screen is just to do your best. And if it doesn't work out, 
you, you did your best, man. And you can hold your head high and cruise, right? Yeah. Uh, but sometimes the best hits it out of the ballpark and you go, fuck yeah, man. Like, and then the true test is doing it again after the first success, like <laughs> whether it's an accident or whether it's, uh, it's you're doing it intentionally. Right. Right. Yeah. I, was... I, I don't know, man. Like I could ramble forever on it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but, well, I was, I was bringing it up cause I was just wondering like, you know, from that, that first label that you were a part of fueled by ramen, like what was, what was one of the the big things that you learned from doing that that you applied later on to your other, you know, label adventures? Two two things. Always be passionate about what you're doing. Like passion goes the longest way, right? If you're not passionate about something, people could see it and people pick up on it, and and then no no one you can't ask someone to be passionate about something if you're not passionate about it, right? So if you're putting out music or you're booking a tour or whatever it is, and if you're not feeling it and you're not passionate about the project, people pick up on it. And how are you going to expect people to be more passionate than you are about your thing, right? So uh, that's number one. Uh, the, the second thing also, and, and it's not meant to be negative at all. It's just, but it's a fact that sometimes People just aren't happy. It, you could have the most success and someone would not be happy about the most success. You can do all of the things as a label or as a band or as a booking agent or a podcast host. Someone's not going to be, <clears throat> somebody will wind up not being happy about it. And the sooner that you realize that there's people that will poison the well, even on purpose, the the, the better your psyche becomes right that go, Oh, well, you know, the, the, there are people who aren't going to be stoked. There are people who are not going to like what you're doing. There are people who are going to be harsher critics than you are of yourself. And the sooner that you learn about that, the better off you're going to be as an artist, as a label, as a booking agent, as a podcast host, whatever. Yeah. That can apply to so many different things. There, there's and, critics, man, and there's harsher critics than you'll ever be to yourself. That's true. Although I can be pretty hard on myself, and I think we all can, right? <laughs> so there's, there's still someone who can be harsher than that. Well, that's true. I would I would rather not find them though. So <laughs> there, there's some people that you know you you work hard for, but yet at the end of the day, it's like, oh, I hated his fucking beanie bullshit, or like <laughs> his sweater vest. Did you see his sweater vest? That's fucked. <laughs> Like, like, you know, like, but that's the whole thing, right? Like there's some people who just won't be happy. They'll search and search and search for something that, that chink in the armor, right? That like weak point, that Achilles heel, that is just going to hit you in that right way. And there's people that exist to do that. And the sooner that you understand those people exist and they might not even not like you, they're just being a fucking asshole, Right. It's in their yes. DNA, their psyche, right? The, the better off you're going to be as an artist, as an agent, as a podcast, whatever. Right, right, right. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, it just, it's, you, you'll have a critic. Okay, cool. Next, right? Yeah. yeah. You won't be the first critic. You're not going to be the last critic. 
Fuck yeah. you. Next, right? <laughs> Walk away. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, what else do you guys want everyone to know about Lost Music Collective? I mean, there's there, we've touched on so many things, and, and I'm so grateful for uh, you guys being here today to talk about it. You want to go first? Want to go here? I, I mean, I could go. <laughs> uh, I I think that uh, if at the end of this, I'd I'd like to someone I'd like for someone who hasn't heard of the label, right? To actually check out the roster, man, because ultimately it doesn't matter what I've done or what Eric's done. It's a matter of what we're doing right now and the people that we're we're helping, guiding, releasing, whatever it is, right? Like for me, the most important thing is check out a band, you know, stream some bands and check out the overall vibe because that to me is more important than knowing what my history is and knowing what bands I broke and whatever. Fuck all that shit. That's the past. The future shit is Listen to Goalkeeper. Listen to Rival Town. Listen to When the Sun Sets. Listen to, you know, go down the line, right? Like, who saves the hero? Listen to our bands because that's the best thing that we could provide for them is new eyes, new ears. And and that's the takeaway, man. Like, there's a lot of fucking cool music that we're releasing. That's the takeaway. Check it out. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I would ditto that with, you know, what Vinny was saying, like, especially with the bands that I worked with in the past, like, I tell all my bands, too, whether it's Lost or <clears throat> Word, like, that's the last time you'll hear me mention those bands again, because it's always forward, you know, thinking with everything that we do. Um, yeah, ultimately, this this label is is to showcase the, the smaller, not the smaller bands, but the bands that, uh, you know, deserve the limelight uh, in this, like, super crowded you know, competitive, um, uh, playing field. Uh, so yeah, definitely check out our roster. You know, we're always looking for, you know, new bands, uh, to scoop up. Like I hit up Vinny yesterday. I was like, dude, have you heard of any bands, uh, that sound like the Lawrence arms or the rentals uh, yesterday? I'm like, I really would want to work with a band like that. <laughs> oh, I'm you know, sure they're that, out there. I've probably oh, yeah, come across some, I'll have to, maybe I'll have to dig through my, my archives and see if there's one I can. <laughs> yeah. Toss yeah, your like way. Stuff, yeah, man. Like stuff like that. Like we, we just, you know, we love putting out, <clears throat> you know, awesome music from our bands and you know mm -hmm. consistently looking for more and you know we hopefully we can make a stamp uh you know with the hard work from our bands to you know because ultimately it's them that's helping us grow you know like yeah. when you said like you know I, I'm, we're happy to do this and we're thankful for this podcast that uh you know you provided us today but uh ultimately it's for our bands yes of course i, I was gonna tell you guys too so, you know, everyone is posting their Spotify raps today. I don't know if you noticed that online. Yeah. Um, so mine in my top five songs, number two is Happy by Goalkeeper. Oh, no. So awesome. There, there you go. Awesome. <laughs> number, it's working. <laughs> it, it would have probably been number one, but my son is obsessed with Birthday by the Beatles. So okay. that's literally been... it. So Spotify told me today, we've listened to that song 480 times. 
birthday by the Beatles. Oh my god! <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, so the, the, you know the, they're number one, but but goalkeeper happy is is number two. So that's awesome, man. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I don't know. There is something about that song is just it's perfect. Everything about it is perfect. I know like they the slogan goes, "Well, nothing is perfect in life." Well, I feel like that song is is just perfect. Yeah, so. I remember when they when they sent us those demos of the tracks first. I remember Vinny and I both were like, "Okay, yeah, we're going to go with Happy for the first track." And I remember there was some like you know, I don't know if it was Mark or uh, oh, Ryan. Yeah. They were like, "Oh, maybe something else." I was like, "No, it's it's going to be happy." <laughs> like, That's no, it's a, yeah, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. That was the when when Mark first first uh, emailed me and and sent me some songs. Um, I was like, "No, this is this is the one." Like, this yeah. is the one I'm going to play on the podcast because this is this is it. There's something about this song. So, um. What I was going to ask you guys uh, or, or mention, and you probably have m- maybe talked to them or been in contact with them, but in case you haven't, like a band that I really love um, supporting in Chicago is Till Morning. I don't know if you've heard of them at all. I, I, I was going to say, yeah. I think, Vinny, you probably know Devin. Um, I mean, Eric, you know, you know, Devin. Yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I actually work with them. <laughs> oh, do you really? Huh. Yeah. Small yeah, world. I've, I've been, yeah, for quite a few months already. We were, uh, we're actually chatting with a couple of record labels too. So that's yeah. awesome. Here's, I'm here's glad my, to hear that. Here's my two cents on on till morning. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I think that they they write really good songs. I think Devin super talented, great graphic designer. I think that any label that passes on them is doing a disjustice to their label and, and uh, not the band, because I think the band's fucking great. I think that their work hard dude, Devin works super hard. Right. And he's one of the people that I talk to online and give props to. And if he asks for advice, I give it to him. And sometimes I give it anyway, if he doesn't ask. Right. <laughs> that I'm, I'm a believer in, in him as a person and songwriter and and till morning as a band so if that's the the sign off or that's the whatever it, it's a band I, I i believe in could do great things they just need someone who works with them to believe the same yeah yeah i agree with that i'm i'm happy to hear you say that because i think they're phenomenal that's why i always bring them up so Agreed. yeah awesome guys well um thank you so much for doing this again and um I wish you the best of luck with everything. I mean, you've got my full support. You know, obviously I've had, you know, (laughs) obviously I've already had quite a few of your bands on the podcast and there's, there'll be more. So, you know, um, that that won't, uh, that won't change. Awesome, man. Thank you so much, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. And uh, it'll be, it'll be good to, you know, keep a relationship going with you guys. I'm looking forward to that. Hell yeah. Absolutely. All right, guys. I have a great rest of the day. And uh, I guess Merry Christmas. That's going to be here before you know it. So I may as well say it now. <laughs> yeah, it's here already. <laughs> What'd you say, Vinny? I said it's here already. I mean, anything after yeah, giving I mean, is to me. So right, yeah, exactly. All right, guys. I'll uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right, take care. Thank Bye. you.
big, big thank you to both Eric Drogue Miller and Vinny Fiorello of Lost Music Collective for being on the podcast today. This episode has easily become one of my personal favorites of the podcast, not just this year, but I think in all the years I've been doing this. I love getting to talk about music business with people who are veterans and... and I love getting to talk about music business with people who are veterans in the industry. I always learn so much from them, and it really motivates me to want to work harder in whatever it is I'm doing, whether it's music-related or not. Just like that drive and, and passion that Vinny was talking about earlier in the episode. And also, it was just great learning more about the record label Lost Music Collective. And, you know, most of us, as I said, we know about Vinny and his past, but I didn't know anything about Eric's past and that he was involved with a previous record label and and being involved with Four Years Strong. It was really, really cool to hear where Eric comes from. So I'm really excited to see what Lost Music Collective has up their sleeve for 2021. Um, Their very first vinyl release um, for from Lost Music Collective is up for pre-order right now. It's a compilation featuring songs from Yearbooks, Goalkeeper, Who Saves the Hero, Rival Town, Rematch, When the Sun Sets, Home Truths, and Friend Circle. Go to lostmusiccollective.com to pre-order your vinyl copy today. And currently, it's supposed to ship out late January 2021. You can uh, give them a like on Facebook at uh, Lost Music Collective, and then they're on Instagram at Lost Music with two C's at the end. And you know, while you're at it, don't forget to follow Pop Punk and Pizza on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Pop Punk Pizza Pod. You can catch up on previous episodes of the podcast by merch, sign up for our mailing list, and even learn how you you can sponsor an episode of the podcast at poppunkpizzapod.com. We're available on all major podcast platforms, so don't forget to subscribe there and and leave a positive rating or review if you can. Now, if you're in a band or you're a publicist, a manager, and you have music you want to get to me or you want to see if uh, you can get an interview on the show, go ahead and shoot me your EPKs, links to your music, all that fun stuff to bangerangradio at gmail.com and I will get back to you as soon as I can. That's it for today's episode of Pop Punk and Pizza. I'm Jacques L'Amour. Thank you so much for listening. You know, having your love and support of this podcast has made a huge, huge difference in my life and I'm forever grateful for that and I, I don't want you to forget that. So, I'll talk to you this coming Tuesday, December 22nd, when I catch up with some old friends in a band called Blueprint. That'll be our next episode dropping. Have a happy holidays, and I hope you're staying healthy and safe. Hey, hello, it's not-